You're now locked into Zone 32. Grant Durflinger, Jake Miller, the infamous Drew. Only on NeutralZoneInfraction.com. End Zone Infraction. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. Presented to you as always by ourselves and ourselves alone. Follow us on the Twitter at Zone 32 Podcast. My name is Jake, his name is Drew, and his name is Grant. What's up, y'all? What up? We're back. We're good. Right, we, we've even got a hot minute, I'm not going to lie, but it's all right. First seven weeks of the season have transpired. The Ravens are 5-2. and two. Normally, you feel good about 5-2 and two record. Like, hey, five of your first seven games with, a t- with kind of a tough slate in the beginning feels real good. But the last, but the last game was a shit show, to be honest. So I'm going to start with Drew. Go ahead and rant about this game for me, please. Well, I mean, this game was fucking ugly from, you know, was it 13.02 left in the third quarter that we scored, went up 17 to uh, 13. Everything after that was just an absolute train wreck. Uh, we had no business being up 17-13 in the first place. Nobody on defense knows how to tackle. Nobody, none of our running backs know how to run the ball. Greg Roman has no idea how to call an offense. You know, Wink Martindale doesn't know how to teach people how to tackle. Marlon Humphrey was getting burned up and down the field. Uh, that was just an absolute train wreck of a game. Um, you know, the good news is is that in 2012, before we went on to win the Super Bowl, we got blown out by Houston in Week 7. Um, that was right before the bye as well. They clearly, you know, came together at some point and ended up winning the Super Bowl. I feel like this team still got a lot of potential, but there are some definite obvious holes. I mean, our offensive line can't block. You know, defense can't tackle anybody. It's just that that was like the worst nightmare of a game that you could watch. I just, you know, it was just not, not fun to watch a uh, terrible way to go into the bye, but we're five and two. So I can't be, you know, all complaints here. Our two losses are to the top two seeds in the FC. So some good things to uh, take away from the beginning half of the year. Perspective. I mean, that's true. And Grant, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, I'm just going to harp on the tackling thing, man. Like Drew said, I mean, it's, it's embarrassing that you're an NFL team. I mean, there are millions of people out there that play the sport, and the fact that you literally just miss tackles on blatant back-to-back-to-back-to-back plays, three, four missed tackles in one play, I get it. You know, it happens, you know, maybe one play every quarter, if that, if maybe two plays a game. But it's like, you know, they are professionals too, but at the same time, dude, people weren't even trying. The arm tackles, the laziness, not getting off the ball. It's like they gave up in the third. After that penalty when the uh, Villanueva, when they got the ball back, defense just completely shut down. They didn't even try. The Piran touchdown was embarrassing. Nobody even tried to make that tackle. There's two clips where Brandon Williams got absolutely bulldozed. And then Anthony Averett walks in and just puts his arms out like two-hand touch and doesn't even try to make the tackle. And dude just runs right by him. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's a shitty way to go into the bye. You know, you're you are high. Every time we get high on those five and ones, you know, people start talking this and that. You know, Baltimore Ravens are the team to beat. They're the new Super Bowl favorite. This and that. Every time it happens, we get fucking embarrassed the next week. Every single time. And it's like, you know, don't buy into it. I mean, you know, it's exciting, you know, being a one. I mean, we're kind of spoiled that we're pissed off at five and two. But losing that way is just not, it just doesn't sit well. Like, go down swinging. Like, don't quit. That team quit. And I can't tell you the last time that I've seen a Ravens team quit. And they quit. 2019 week four. Uh, We also quit against the uh, Browns there. 
I, I would yeah. rather these kind of ugly losses come at this point in the season than, you know, in the playoffs when it matters, but it's still it's it's tough to sit there and watch. It's just like like Grant said, like you're a professional athlete, tackle somebody. Like your job is to literally tackle the guy and you just have everybody stand there, you know, alligator arms, make no attempt at the ball, just let guys run down the field wide open. I mean, I guess the good news is, too, this is before the trade deadline, so we may have, you know, opportunity to address, like, running back, offensive line, linebacker. Literally anybody off the street who can tackle would be welcome on the defense for me. So you you got a lot of uh, opportunities to improve, and thankfully in in the scheme of losses, this wasn't at the worst time. So I I can live with it if they, you know, take it as an opportunity to improve. Well, and I went back and watched the game, and it's like it keeps sticking out to me the quote that I heard from Robert Saleh today where he's like, you know, you're playing a child's game getting a king's ransom. Like when they asked him about how he motivates players. Like when players quit like that, like it's embarrassing to them. You know, not really the fan base. It's embarrassing to you, and you're embarrassing the the jersey that you wear and the name on the back, both, name on the front and name on the back. And it's like, you know, you get paid millions. Try. Just try. I don't care if you're down 60 to nothing. Try. Like, that's it. I mean, flat out. Like, and, and I'm not okay with that. And, and the way that the secondary played, I, I, man, I'd almost like say, hey, man, let's bring Frank Walker, Sharice Wright, and Corey Ivey back. You know, like, it, I mean, it's bad. And wow. Tyler Huntley comes in in, you know, second half there. That was a miserable performance by him. Like, but that he, throws the, best, he throws, throws the best deep ball in the NFL, though. Well, yeah, it just doesn't go to where it's supposed to. You know, he throws it 30 yards past his target. It's a great deep ball. It looks great coming out of his hand. It's just nowhere near where it's supposed to be. Such a pretty incompletion. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. Like, like, great, like, it's embarrassing. And at home, too. Like, yeah. it's tough to watch that. You know, it's, it's the Bengals. Lamar has historically owned the Bengals, especially at home, and just no-showed. You know, the whole team just no-showed that second half of that game. Yeah, I mean, he didn't play perfect, but he, it's also not nearly his fault. He's the only one that actually showed up. Him and Clay. And the came. problem is, is he, you know, he's holding on to the ball because the line is just falling apart off the snap. Nobody's getting open fast enough. He holds on to the ball, takes some sacks that he shouldn't. For yeah. some fucking reason, we decided to keep trying to throw the ball deep instead of letting Lamar kind of move around in the pocket, maybe find somebody open 10 yards down the field and said, we're dialing up these, you know, nine routes to Hollywood where then he's in triple coverage. It's like, and the, the whole thing was just broken from start to finish. It was just not, not a good show. More. I mean, he's he's so into this thing now where he wants to be a passer, which he's a great passer. He's a, one of the best passers in the NFL. And But his strength, are his ability to extend plays and gain yards when we need it, there's so many times yesterday where there's a, a lane, but he's staying in the pocket to try to make the pass. Get that six, seven yards. Get that 12, 13 yards. We'll worry about the pass the next play. But holding on too long, taking seven, eight-yard sacks, five, six sacks a game, that you can't do it. And see, I don't know if that's on him or if that's on Roman, though. Like, if Lamar's coming into the play knowing that he's going to have two guys running in deep posts and somebody running a street down the sideline, and he's waiting for that to develop, like, is he supposed to sit there and go through his progressions and wait for his guy to get open, or is he supposed to take off and run? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he I'm was our only. I'm him to run. Yeah, I want him to run too, but I also understand that like he's sticking to the play call, and that's kind of half the problem is that you got a moron calling plays for us. Yeah, and they keep the handcuffs on him and don't really let him call plays at the line. So that's a I've said a hundred times before with the receivers that we have and Lamar's abilities, there is no reason that we should not have a crossing route on every single play. 
as a, as a last resort. That's his that's his check down is the backside crossing route every single play. It's unstoppable. I mean, the Chiefs do it. I mean, the Bills do it. Like all the top passing teams do it, and. It's one of those things where it's like it's hard to cover a guy all the way across the field. There's soft spots in zones, and if they're in man, good luck. But the especially when you got a guy like Hollywood too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I know everybody talked about. We all talked about too. You know the route concepts. I mean, they are elementary as shit. And there's so many times where you know I see two and three receivers in a ten yard radius, and it's like, what were you moving? What what are you trying to get the defense to do? Every time you run an offensive play, you're trying to manipulate the defense and you're trying to predict what they're doing. And it's a chess match. Everybody knows that. But what are you doing to where you draw something up and think that's a good play? Just because you line up in bunch doesn't mean you have to run your routes in bunch too. Bunch, you, know, you, yeah. can, you, you can you can kind of spread out from one another. It's okay. It's it's allowed. Greg Roman doesn't seem to grasp that, but you know that that is that is allowed. It's it's legal. They're not going to get hit with like an illegal shift or something like that. Three curls all at the fucking the strong side of the line. All three receivers bunch together. They all run the same curl route. But. Yeah, and that happens far too often. I mean, like Grant said, you know, Lamar throws an incomplete pass, and there's four guys that it could have been intended for, which is yeah. just, uh, you know, shouldn't happen. Even sideline routes. So yeah. How did you even get two other guys over there? What routes What routes did you run to for an outside comeback route, and you got three guys there in the same jersey? 15 yards down the field like what what was your concept yeah it's you have some guy running a corner route somebody running an outside comeback and they both end up you know 15 yards away from line of scrimmage on the sideline it's like you know somebody's got to be 20 and somebody's got to be 10 same concept like same spot on the field i mean that's the same window you're going to with both routes you're trying to manipulate that outside deep third so like (laughs) you're that's what you're trying to set up but running the same thing on two it's you ain't doing it bud it's just uh, and then you know no running game at all. Uh, Le'Veon Bell looks like he's 117 years old, like running, you know, slow as shit. Devontae Freeman is okay. I mean, he was our best runner on Sunday, but he's yeah. still, you know, this is not prime Devontae Freeman anymore. This is, you know, uh, a shell of himself. And Tyson Williams looked lost every time he's on the field. No idea how to pass block. No idea how to, you know, run routes. No idea how to, you know, run for first downs. And like we were talking about earlier, that fourth and 15 was embarrassing. Like, you know, just kind of stands there in the flats. There's nobody within five yards of him when he catches that ball and to somehow get, you know, jammed up on the sideline. And then you kind of sneak out for an extra five yards and you still can't get it across the sticks there. That's just unacceptable. And I totally understand why he's been made inactive now. Yeah, without a doubt. And well, cute little, cute little numbers I saw circulating on the internet the other day after this loss. Apparently... The before by blues are real with John Harbaugh, and the after the after by wins are also real. In that before the bye week, apparently John Harbaugh is five and ten in his career. Before the week before the bye week, the week after, twelve and three. Maybe maybe we'll be a little more celebratory after the Vikings game, but we'll see. That's potent offense we're have to deal with. In spite of Kirk Cousins, who I've stood up for because he's not shit, but he's not good. That that's essentially what I'm. That's essentially why I stick up for him, just because like, hey, he's he's one of those dudes who are like, hey, I'm not that bad. And then all of a he sudden, is the you're definition like, okay, of average. Exactly. Precisely. If you looked up average NFL 20. quarterback in the dictionary, he would be that would be his picture right there. The updated one, because before that was Andy Dalton. So then they move. They have to revise the edition. Then it's Kirk Cousins. Like, okay, what do you have around you? Oh, you got a nice little team here. He might be a little better than we thought. 
He's going to throw for 400, too, if our defense plays like they did yesterday. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. She. K.J. Osborne's been balling, too. As Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Um, half tempted to chase a wild hair up my ass and start Tyler Conklin whenever we play them. In fantasy, Dalvin Cook is going to eat Patrick Queen alive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out of the backfield. That is going to be I, – I just that just clicked with me. That is going to be ugly. That is not going to be – yeah, he might go through 130 through the air and 100 on the ground. I mean, he might have a you know a career day like that is uh, very scary to think about. But you always uh, start a tight end. Whoever the tight end is, you always start him against the Ravens. All my DraftKings, all my fantasies, I'll stream tight ends and I'll pick up whoever's playing the Ravens. I'm pretty sure I haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure they've given up a touchdown to a tight end in every single game this year. Kelsey got one. Hopkins, Waller got one. Uh, Jared Cook got one. Um, did Hawkinson uh, end up scoring against us? I know he had a pretty shitty game. Um, yeah, he might have Swift did, and uh, Jamal Williams did. Yeah, but, I mean, Hawkinson uh, did score. I didn't. Uh, Hawkins, he, I, I'm not, he might have gotten. I know he got like Those thirty yards total. Yeah, from what I remember, but, DeAndre Swift was eating us up in the second half, and then Jamal Williams had that one tubby to give him the lead, even though his shin was down. But that's not it. Here nor there, we won the game off the greatest field goal ever made. So hey. I feel like Hawkinson might have gotten a first half touchdown, but it was like a two yard out route. So it was one of those. Yeah, you know, of like, yeah, yeah, he did not have a good game, but that was when we were putting Jimmy Smith on tight ends, which is exactly what, what he should be doing. If you're trusting Patrick Queen in coverage, like that's it's just bad. not gonna work. I mean he might he might he might stay with the guy, but he's not gonna tackle him after he catches it. So. Oh no, he didn't. Jake's right. No. He was one of the let's see, out of the seven tight ends we've played against this year. Six of them have gone for touchdowns because it was, let's see, week one is Darren Wally got in late. Travis Kelsey, who nobody could tackle, he was the big kid on the playground running over all the little kids, which are the Ravens defense. You know, I lost. That doesn't matter, though. Then Noah Fant was scored the only touchdown for the Broncos that day. Mo Alley-Cox, fucking Jared Cook, who I started in fantasy because Gronkowski was hurt, still hurt, but whatever. And then this week with CJ Uzama. Made him look like prime Rob Gronkowski. Dude, he really did. Spread by himself down the field. Oh, yeah. Nah, don't tackle me. That's all good. Now, who, was the one that, who was the one that whiffed on that tackle for the second touchdown? Because four people dropped to the flat. Was it Chuck? Marlon, Chuck I think it was Marlon, Chuck, and yeah. Deshaun Elliott. I think all yeah. three of them whiffed on tackles. And then Justin Houston was chasing him down the field. But, you know, again, Justin Houston is not a coverage linebacker, so I wouldn't expect him to be there to make that play. Oh, no, that cover. was the chase play when Justin Houston was chasing him. Yeah, I, I, uh, you might three be right. tackles all the same. Because that's why I was like, why is he so far down the field? Yeah. He, he runs through three defenders all at the same time. So, nope, I'm gone. Which, yeah. good news for me in fantasy, because starting Jamar Chase and CJ Uzama, I was sitting there like, ah, all right, whatever. It's helps a fantasy team. So it's like, it's like that gif of Alonzo Lam- oh, Mourning with the Heat when the Bulls are beating the hell out of him. He's saying like, <laughs> hey, I mean, you might as well get something out of an embarrassing loss like that. So, yep, you know, precisely. You, you got to always look for. You always got to look for the silver linings on those kind of uh, games. That you do, and you don't have to watch that damn Bradley Cooper movie to to get it either. So I, there you go. But anyway, so there's that. The bye week now. Defense doesn't look good. That's what it is. We're on you. We're the, on you. the good news for the secondary is at least I don't think Marlon will ever have a game that bad again. 
yeah, uh, you know, I, that that was I, I, I'm I'm comfortable calling that a fluke. I mean, he has not been you know all pro Marlin this year, but he has not been near that bad. Um, yeah, exactly. Averett's been Averett's been money this year. Uh, he had a terrible game against the Colts, but other than that, he's been you know very good. If Elliott's healthy and Clark pulls his head out of his ass, I'm I'm comfortable with our secondary. You know, pass rushing wise, Wolf coming back should help. I think yeah. you've got to do anything you can to get away free because he's really the only guy that seems to be capable of, you know, tackling the quarterback when he hits him in the backfield. Houston mm-hmm. has been an, you know, just looks like an old man. Possibilities at red and stunts with Derek Wolf and then Oway coming up through the middle. Justin like Houston's been winning off the line, but he just is, he's the half step short every time. Yeah, he just, you can tell he's old. Like, you can just yeah. tell he's lost a step and he's just not the same player that he was, which is fine. You know, you know, I don't think anybody expected him to come in and put up double-digit sacks this year. No, I mean, no, not at all. He's not that dude in 2015 who wound up with 22 sacks. But yeah, he's yeah, just – We paid him $4 million. Actually, we paid him $2 million with incentives that could pay him four. Yeah. We paid him not expecting him to be no, the Justin Houston of old. So, I mean – He's been really good forever, though. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's been so, he's been a, he's been a very solid signing at the end late. So I mean, there's that. Um, yeah, offense. It's Lamar Jackson and everybody else. That man's playing like Jesus Christ right now. Everyone wanted to yeah. anoint Patrick Mahomes as the savior, the second coming of Christ, and everything. It's Lamar Jackson, because that man is that man is the miracle worker. That man is yeah. Your top your, all three of your running backs go down. Your left tackle plays a game, then he gets put on IR because his ankle wasn't right. All pro left tackle. All pro left tackle. So you have to kick over your guy who you signed in the offseason to play right tackle, have to kick him over to the left side to fill in. Your day one left guard goes on IR, then he comes back to be your swing tackle on your backup so that your backup right tackle suffers a high ankle sprain now. He's out for the next month, month and a half. So you have the guy who was your day one left guard playing right tackle, your reserve, I think your second, maybe third string left guard playing left guard right now, your only two healthy linemen this year have been Bozeman and Zeitler. Like, God's and even Zeitler has not been, not, not been as good as I expected. There's a lot of plays where he's just kind of standing there not blocking anybody, just kind of looking lost every once in a while, which has been disappointing. He's been good in the run game, but... You know, the pass block is not there. Bozeman has definitely been kind of the underrated offensive MVP. Yeah. If, if uh, Lamar is the obvious choice, but if you're going to go with, you know, who's your uh, second-best offensive producer, I would have to say it has to be Bozeman. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, that's very fair because he's been a stalwart. Started every, he started every game. I know he left in the middle of the, of the Chargers game, and then Colon Castillo had to come in for him. But, I mean, he came back the very next week with a bad back. I think they took him out of that game completely because, you know, we were winning. I th- what, what, what were we up, like 24 to 6 at that point when he went down? Yeah, so I think that they just kind of took him out. We're like, you know, there's no point in you going back in. Like, it's already a blowout. So. Exactly. Won't, don't want to risk further injury. He's so, absolutely. But, I mean, yeah, that's, if anyone can make chicken salad out of chicken shit right now, it is Lamar Jackson because balling. Not bad for a running back has the same amount of yards as Joe Burrow, and they're arguing on ESPN. Who would you rather have, Joe That's Burrow crazy. or Lamar Jackson? <laughs> this is why you don't stupid. watch ESPN. 
Stephen A. just goes the opposite direction of what the popular opinion is. Is you know everybody this year has kind of eaten shit and realized that Lamar is like way better than they've been talking about in the last couple of years. And so Stephen A. is like, oh, now this is my shot to slander Lamar because everybody's on the Lamar bandwagon. Yeah, and not to mention he never provides any sound reasoning at all. Just I want to see you do the playoff. Can you get it done then? Can you do this? Can you do that? I don't know. Like is it, all he's doing is giving you cop-out answers, so there's nothing you can really do to argue against that. That's all you're doing is ifs and buts and candies and nuts with his kind of arguments. So it's like, get the fuck out, get the fuck out of here, all that. Yeah, but those dudes on those shows know nothing about the game. Yeah, they really they are just highlight watchers. They don't know how to break down a game or anything like that. They just talk out their ass. And they know what riles people up because, you know, if you want to yeah. talk about Lamar, you got to talk about, the oh, he might get hurt because he runs the ball and that's going to piss people off. And you might have to talk about, the, you know, oh, he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, which, again, like I'd love to see him win more than one playoff game this year. I, I think he's more than capable of it. I think that he's lost three playoff games in very weird fashions that, you know, a lot of things went wrong in those games. And, you know, I would like to see them, you know, the Ravens as a team put together a complete playoff run. Um, obviously, I think he's more than capable of carrying them to a Super Bowl. But, you know, until he does it, you can't give him credit for doing it. That's fine. But, to, you know, discredit what he does, and then you sit there and talk about how Matthew Stafford's the MVP when he's never won a playoff game in his career is wild to me. Yeah. Not, not to mention his winning percentage against teams with good records. Both he and Kirk Cousins at the top of the list with a, what, 10% win percentage against teams with a winning record, if I remember yeah. right. It, you know, and again, Matthew Stafford was stuck with the Lions. It's fine. Like, you can make that whole argument. But again, he, he's gotten there. He's been in that situation, and he has never, you know, won those games. So you can't really just write that off. And he's been, what is it? We've been in the league for, you know, like 10, 12 years at this point. Yeah, 12 years. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like he's a rookie. I mean, Lamar is in his third full year of starting. So if you want to talk about, you know, somebody who's had a small sample size versus somebody who's had a big one, like, you can't hold that against Lamar at this point. Not to, mention, is he, not to mention he's younger than the second the second year quarterback you're trying to tout. What, what are we what are we doing here? That dude's it the sky is the limit for him and the fact that he's just getting better and better and becoming that pocket passer that people thought he was going to be, like that dude is special. Plain and simple. It's like yeah, he can run, yeah, he can break your ankles, but again, you just you go back to the Denver game, he can pick you apart from the pocket. Give him some time. Yeah, you know, he, he could he could sling with the best of them. The problem is with him, his only issue is the same issue every quarterback has. You get pressure up if you get pressure up the gut, and your outside DNs are playing contained. That's really it. Because then you're getting then you're getting after him. I mean, shit. He was pressured on what forty five percent of his dropbacks last week. That's 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 not good. That's like not. No, that's not that's not winning football. No, not at all. You can't have your quarterback on their back trying to lead you to victory. I mean, that's just what it is. And I, I do think Lamar falls victim to kind of, you know, he has to be the hero. And sometimes he holds on to the ball too long. Sometimes he tries to make too much out of nothing. You know, he'll wait for that deep route to develop and try to throw it deep to Hollywood instead of maybe taking the five or six yard scramble in front of him. But I feel like, you know, I can't really hold that against him. You know, again, like it's 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 basically Lamar against eleven defenders at this point. He has really no help out there. Yeah, without question. So I mean, especially since our entire offense is based off a run game, and we don't have a run game. Yeah, not even close. We go. You can go back. I mean, 
you go back to the box score and everything with this past game, the other two running backs, I mean, the second leading rusher on the team is Devontae Freeman. He had four carries for 13 yards. Well, yeah, there was a point where they had... Yeah, there was a point where it was uh, Lamar had like 86 yards rushing, the rest of the team had zero, so... Yes, precisely. So I was like, what, oh, Lord. he's literally having to do everything. He has to be the leading rusher, and he has to be the leading passer, and he has to be a fucking pro bowl, all pro kind of passer, just to will this team to victory. And he's done that. He's done that this year. That's the that's the insane thing about it. Like gets down three scores get, get down three scores against the Colts and thinking oh, this game's. Then all of a sudden he goes off third and fourth quarter and just leads him to victory. Game against the Chiefs. He's I mean that dude is ridiculous. Plain and simple. And- you know, for his receivers to come down with open catches, he's got to put it right in their hands for them to, you know, even maybe consider pulling it in. Yeah. I mean, you look at Hollywood, the drops are still a problem with him. Watkins is, you know, you kind of signed him knowing the health is going to be an issue. Um, and that has unfortunately shown up that he's, uh, you know, not playing right now. Andrews has been very hit or miss this year. Um, I think Andrews is being asked to do more blocking this year, and I hope Boyle coming back, hopefully after the bye, is going to fix that. Yeah. Give him more freedom to run routes. And, you know, you just got Bateman back. I, I'm hoping that Lamar has some pressure taken off of him in the second half here. I hope the defense kind of steps up and he's not forced to be Superman for 17 weeks. Yeah. I mean, even like going back to the running game thing, I mean, even yesterday, Alvin's line got their ass kicked flat out. But when our running backs are getting taking the handoffs, they're not even hitting holes. Their vision looks just, I don't know, I don't know what their decisions are. Like, they're not hitting anything hard. They're, they're trying to bounce everything out. There will be a cutback lane, and they don't take it. And it's like, it, it's like, what are you looking at? And I don't know if maybe it's just like, you know, I mean, they're all past their prime. Let's be real. But the fact that, you know, the offensive line getting ass kicked and then the running backs don't know how to hit holes, I mean, it's just a bad combination right now. I mean, shit, all those the running backs on our roster outside of Tyson Williams are my age. Yeah, That's... they're just, you know, they're not. Le'Veon Bell is not the same Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, you're rely- if you're relying on him to be a feature back, like, that, that's a problem. Devontae yeah. Freeman, 4 for 13, is a good stat line for him because he should be your third, you know, running back. He, he yeah. should be the guy that's getting a couple carries here and there to spell an actual running back. Which yeah. is crazy. Latavius well, Murray. Four years ago, yeah. Le'Veon Bell was the best running back in the NFL, and it's like he's not – like, you'd think that even if he fell off, he'd still be, you know, a top-half running back. And, man, he just – well, I think it's, you know, he, he sat out for that year because he had the contract dispute with the Steelers. And then he went to the Jets, and, you know, nobody's good on the Jets. And then he went to the Chiefs and, you know, was not the feature back there. And I feel like he just has no confidence. And he looks small, too, which is, you know, bizarre to me. Like, he looks very skinny. Yeah, he does. And I, just, I feel like he's just not in the right kind of football shape. Um, you know, again, he wasn't on a roster until what did we sign him, like, a week before, you know, week before the season started? Yeah, it was at least what, a few days Bateman, after. Bateman's bigger than he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think we signed yeah, Bateman is... a few days after Gus went down with the ACL tear, if I remember right. He went yeah, with so, I mean, I mean, Devontae Freeman and then Latavius Murray like that Friday before the Monday night game against the Raiders. So, I mean, yeah. Well, and at least Murray had, you know, played in the preseason. Uh, he, he's clearly been our best running back this year, and he's not been great, but he's at least, you know, if there's four yards in front of him to get, he's going to go get all four of those yards. He's going to hit the right hole and just, you know, do what he's supposed to. He's not going to give you any kind of explosive, you know, plays like a J.K. Dobbins would, but he at least gets the job done. Exactly. 
He's not Gus Edwards, but he's a banger at least. So there's that. Yeah, he he fits, and he's yeah. running. He's running well. Well, definitely. So just just look forward this week. Not this week, but next week. Play the Minnesota Vikings. I'll start with Grant. Grant, what are you looking for from this team? Because I mean, I would ask what you're looking for from the defense, but can't really expect them to do much with that. I mean, with that receipt, with the receiving core they have, with the injuries we suffered in the secondary, which now just abounds to Marcus Peters. So it's strange seeing the precipitous drop off that this that the back end that they spent so much money on has had. But I'll ask it. What do you was it? What do you expect to see come week nine, ten a.m. or one p.m. Eastern Standard Time against the Vikings? Hopefully, a sense of accountability. You know, hopefully, there's some serious soul searching going on in that. You know, in those defensive meeting rooms, especially the secondary meeting room. I mean, we're historically bad right now in the secondary, and when going up against a team like the Vikings, yeah, they might not be a great team, but they're a good team, and they can put it on you. You know, there's no, we've given up, what, three, 400-yard passing games this year already and fully capable of giving up another one there. So, you know, there, there's a lot that needs to go down, and it needs to come from the leadership. Um, the coaches need to kind of step back a little bit. Clayus Campbell needs to get in somebody's face. You know, um, Marlon needs to get in somebody's face, maybe in the mirror, I don't know, but in, in somebody's face. But, I mean, he, he, you know, like Drew said earlier, now it's just a fluke game for him. You know, he doesn't have games like that, so it is what it is. You know, he's not going to do worse than that, period. And it, they need to fix it. I mean, it, it's just plain and simple. Um, you know, you got Nick Boyle coming back potentially, Derek Wolf coming back potentially, Westry coming back potentially, and Sammy coming back potentially at the minimum. So if all four of them come back, you know, getting another week of practice under their belt, I think it could be really helpful. Um, I think that, you know, getting embarrassed like that in front of your home fans um, right after the national media hypes you up, you know, a division rival, um, they didn't just beat us. They put it absolutely on us. And, you know, the quit in that team just wasn't just was something that I've never seen before. And, you know, I hope they do fix it. And I think they will. You know, there's too much too good of coaches in there. You know, Harbaugh is a great leader as a coach. Um, you know, there's it's too good of a locker room to let that happen. And, you know, for anybody to be okay with that. Um, I think they, we come out, I mean, we could run four straight. Uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, but you know, one game at a time and they need to do something because if we come out and lose the Vikings after that embarrassment that we saw yesterday, it's going to be a long second half of the season. Cause it doesn't get easier. No doubt. And, and to echo that point, the real teeth of the schedule really sinks in right around November, December, week 12 and 13. I mean, week 12, we play the Cleveland Browns on Sunday Night Football, and they're banged up. We'll see if they're healthy. If they're healthy, I think it'll be a, it'll be a closer game. I mean, as of right now, on paper, the way they're looking, I mean, that shouldn't be much of an issue. The week after, we play the Steelers at Pittsburgh. The week after, play the Browns at Cleveland. With them coming off a bye, after they play this week 12. So if they lose, they get two weeks to prepare to correct those issues that they had against us. So thank you, NFL schedules, schedule makers. Thank you for that. Um, the week after that, home of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and that high-flying offense and dealing with Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Then it's a rematch against the Bengals, then at, at Cincinnati. Then they finish the year at home against the Rams and the Steelers. So, Drew, you heard what Grant said. I'll I mean, what I'm, 
What I'm hoping for out of this defense is just more clutch stops. You know, I think that they're going to give up yards. I think they're going to get gashed this year. It just kind of seems like the kind of secondary they have. They're not, you know, missing Marcus Peters. It's a big loss. If they can get off the field on third down and maybe hold guys to three instead of seven, you know, give Lamar a chance to keep doing what he does on offense. I like their chances against not only the Vikings, but, you know, the Packers. I think that they win the rematch against the Bengals. I'm hoping that that Sunday night game against the Browns is kind of where you end their season. Um, You know, you come out big on Sunday night football and just really bury them and make them, you know, totally out of the division running, especially if Baker's hurt and Chubb's still out and Hunt's still out. I I think that that's kind of your chance to step on their throat. Who knows what you're going to get out of the Steelers? You know, again, they're always going to play us tough just because it's a division game. But again, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity here to, you know, maybe even lock up the number one seed in the um, AFC. And I think that if the defense can just kind of, you know, step up when it counts, when it's, you know, third and five and they're on their, you know, own 45-yard line, stop them there, don't blow any tackles, you know, get off the field. If they're in the red zone, you know, holding the three instead of, you know, giving up seven consistently, I feel like that's kind of where our defense, you know, we need a bend but don't break defense rather than, you know, expecting this to be like the 2000 Ravens defense. I don't think you're going to get that this year. They just really don't have the personnel for that. Um, you know, too many injuries, too many guys just not playing the way that they should. But if you can get, you know, some clutch stops, some clutch turnovers, I feel like this team's in good enough shape that Lamar can kind of carry you to, you know, 13, 14 wins if everything goes right. Most definitely. You hit the nail on the head with everything you just said. Hey, you're right. This isn't a stout, this isn't a stout defense. What you hope for is get timely stops, hold them to 20, not 35. So, I mean, that way you're not in a shootout every single week trying to play like the Chargers back in the, the way back in the day or the Rams back in the day or Kansas City now. So, I mean, you're absolutely right with what you said. But, anywho, that's going to do it for this week's episode. We will be back to discuss further, see if there's anything that happens before the trade deadline. So, in the meantime, I'm going to make a noise. Grant Durflinger, Jake Miller, the infamous Drew. Zone, zone 32.